Underground Bunker. This is your proprietor, Tony Ortega, with another excerpt from our podcast for subscribers, which we call Group Therapy. Each week, we bring together four of our Underground Bunker regulars, Andrea I. Betty Garner, Lynette Observer Wagoner, Phil Jones, and the Enigmatic Pam. We spend an hour talking about the Scientology news of the week, and we have a lot of fun. To give you a sense of it, this week we're pulling out about 10 minutes from this week's episode when we discuss the quandary that Valerie Haney finds herself in regarding her lawsuit that has been forced into Scientology arbitration. You'll see that Phil Jones came up with a pretty creative suggestion for Valerie, and we wanted to share it with the rest of you. If you're hearing this on YouTube, please sign up for free emails at tonyortega.substack.com where you can see all of our articles and videos and podcasts ad-free. And please consider signing up as a subscriber so you can get the Group Therapy Podcast and support the work we do at The Bunker. Okay, here's the segment. So there was some other news this week. Uh, It involved Valerie Haney. Um, You know, she's still under some pressure to get this uh, arbitration thing going. She had sued Scientology. It was forced into arbitration which, you know, she and her attorneys think is a joke. And so they were told, listen, you got to at least try it or you're going to lose the lawsuit. And so trying it meant nominating an arbitrator. And so she had nominated Elizabeth Moss. And when they said no, then she nominated Tom Cruise and then Shelley Miscavige. So this week there was a hearing and Scientology's attorneys came in and said, look, she's being obstructionist. She should just, you should just throw the lawsuit out. And Graham Barry, speaking for Valerie, uh, had a really interesting suggestion. He said, Judge, the process is the problem. Why don't you allow us to petition for you to select the arbitrator? You can ask Scientology to give you a list of members in good standing in Los Angeles County. And uh, she, you could tell she was thinking about it in that hearing. She was sort of considering it. But she ultimately just decided, you know what, I'll just give Valerie another chance, which may sound like a nice thing for the judge to do, but it really doesn't help Valerie at all. Because now she's still got to try to find somebody that basically Scientology approves of, which means, of course, somebody who's not going to listen, take her grievances seriously. Um, But that happened this week. And I know you guys had some thoughts about that. Well, one of the things I was thinking of is that you know they're they're trying to find out who is in good standing so they can choose somebody that way. I think it should be the other way that if they get back into court, if she makes a choice and it's turned down, they should go into court and say, "Well, look, um, we would like all of the published SP declares so that we know who not to choose, and all those <laughs> reports would get into the court record because they." They're published, but they don't show them, and I think that would freak Scientology out to to know that those uh, all of those SP declares are out there. But then you can go, well, then we'll know who not to choose. You know, we can avoid those. But I I think she should choose somebody who's been declared, but nobody has ever seen their declare order, and then they can go into court and say, and then go into court. And say, well, look, we didn't know they were declared because we would like a list of, like, we would like copies of all of the these declare orders of all the people that uh, that Scientology has declared, so that we know who not to pick. So, have you been declared, Phil? 
well, I've never seen anything in writing, so no, no I'm still in good standing. I've got a, I've got, <laughs> I've got my lifetime Hazi membership and my lifetime IAS membership. I'm a founding member of the IAS, as a matter of fact. Are those so just for this lifetime? Show off. Just, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, that's bragging points. I've got my card. I can. <laughs> no, well, but. What do you use that card for? So if you like blow out a candle and you blow hot wax across your desk, do you like wait for it to go cold and then you use your card to scrape it off? You know, that's what they were designed for. Originally, <laughs> I, believe. Um, I, I don't know. I've never had to use it. You know, it's, uh, uh, I don't know. You, it's you a pay... piece of shit. Let's be honest. I mean, we can we sit here all day trying to think up good reasons yeah. for its existence. It's a useless piece of shit. It's, it's a meaningless. piece of plastic that costs five thousand dollars. Worth it. Oh, totally worth it. <laughs> hey, hey, Pan, Pan, what did you think about the Scientology attorney telling the judge, "Hey, look, Valerie got into Scientology when she was born. She only left it in 2017." She knows hundreds of Scientologists, Judge. It's not really a problem for her to pick one. What did you think about that, Pat? I thought Mr. Foreman was doing his best to seem a really nice guy while he was lying through his bloody teeth. It's so clear to anybody who watches this thing that there's no way that she knows for sure who has not been declared. She left in 2017 the trunk of a car. And she may have known hundreds of people, but how many of those hundreds of people have left Scientology? How many are under the radar? How many have done iffy things which have meant that they're now doing amends and they would never pass all the ethics? Oh, my God. It was nonsense. And I wish that, um, I wish that it had been underlined by Graham for the judge that this was nonsense. Well, also, Phil, uh, even if she did know hundreds of people in Scientology, she's now been declared, and so none of them can talk to her. So how is she supposed to know what their current situation is, right? Technically, that's the case. I actually think she should pick me. Well, yeah, I mean, you're card-carrying Scientologists. I've never seen a declare. So if she picks me and Scientology turns him down, say, no, he's not in good standing. Then she can go into court and say, well, show me the declare. And then that gets into the court record. And then she'll pick another one, another one. I think that's a great idea. That's amazing. That's amazing. Philip, you're a genius. Um, oh. hey, hey, Tony, I said that I would ask you something um, on behalf of one of the Substack um, commenters. So. Okay. Uh, they and a few of our newer commenters uh, who are perhaps only just beginning to run up against Scientology's maddening arbitration policy have asked variations on the very sensible question, if the arbitration panel can only be made up of Scientologists in good standing and Scientologists in good standing are forbidden from finding in former members favour, why can judges not see that it's an unwinnable situation for the plaintiff? And we know it's the most infuriating thing. Um, can you just briefly reiterate why judges sure. have so far been reluctant right. to? And, and let me just say that in Garcia, in Masterson, in Valerie Haney, in uh, Baxter, every single time this case is this, this problem is explained to these judges that 
if you only limit the arbitration panel to Scientologists in good standing, they literally cannot render a fair verdict to a suppressive person because they're not even supposed to be in the same room with them. And, you know, this has been explained time and time again. The problem that we run into is that the judges know that this is not an independent arbitration that you normally have, that it's a religious arbitration with a religious organization. And once the judge makes the decision that the contract is valid and that the person is obliged to use the church's brand of arbitration, then that's it. Everything after that is up to the church. The church can set all the terms. This is what's so infuriating about Judge Killifer. She probably thought she was being very reasonable. Oh, I'll give her another opportunity. Another opportunity? I mean, you're just going to impanel a group of Scientologists that aren't, you know, are not ever going to hear her case fairly. And this has been, I mean, every single time these people going through this try to explain this to these judges. And I don't know, it's, it's maddening. The only time it got overturned uh, was in the Masterson case because the judges there realized that the harm being caused these women, the stalking and surveillance had occurred after they left the church. So the, the judges then decided, okay, we don't think the contract applies. But again, that's all the judge can decide. Does the contract apply or does it not? They cannot look at the terms because it's a religion. It's protected by the First Amendment. Once the judge gives up that authority to the church, then the Scientology gets to set all the rules. This is why I always hear from people, well, why can't she bring an attorney? Why can't she ask for a a transcript? It's in California law. Of course you can have an attorney. And I keep explaining to them, the law doesn't reach inside the church. Once it's brought into the church, there's no law. It's insane. It is insane. It's almost like if you had an abused woman who had a prenup with her ex-husband and she wanted to negotiate it or whatever, that the judge would send her alone un- with no lawyer, no no protection into the abuser's home yeah. where the decision with the abuser and several of his friends who are also participating in the abuse, it, it'd be like that. I mean, it's, the, she was abused by Scientology and she's going into a arbitration with, with, abusers basically and and yeah. who are going to decide her fate and she's going into their home alone and that's a scary thought I, it's but as pan up. as pan puts it you know foreman has a way of sounding reasonable right, in court right right and that's and what these scientology attorneys are so good at is they sound well judge yeah. we've got this agreement they're not following the agreement and these judges just don't care enough. Now, those California judges did. They looked into it, and they saw what the problem is. But this judge, she just got this case. You think she's looked into these things? I don't think so. Well, and Graham pointed out uh, that they've changed the rules. It right. says yeah. nowhere that you can't have in this supposed arbitration that you can't ask for a celebrity or an actor or somebody who's famous. It, oh, you can't ask for them. They're famous. That's absurd. Yeah. <laughs> what? Plus, the thing is, she, Valerie was the uh, casting director in Scientology and worked out of Celebrity Center a lot. So she actually has an argument for choosing a celebrity. That they're peers. They're peers of That's hers. That's right. Exactly. Wow. Well, Valerie, we feel for you. And yeah. 
I don't know what she's going to do, but I it would be great if she nominated Phil. I hope I find out about that. So that's a small part of what you would have heard if you received group therapy on the weekend, and we hope you consider subscribing to get future episodes and to support the work we do here at the Underground Bunker. Thank you very much.